Welcome, brothers and sisters. This is Common and Uncommon with your host, Julio, where we take on a variety of different topics and talk about the popular and unpopular perspective on said topic, from community to national and international. Our goal is not to push one or the other perspective, but to explore both points of view and just engage in fun but thought-provoking conversations. Once again, welcome. Hey fam, welcome back to Common and Uncommon. Today we're going to talk about the purpose of the free range and cage-free labels that we see so much on many animal products and whether they are what they claim to be. So uh, let's get into it fam. So I'm sure most of you have seen these uh, free range, cage-free or USDA organic labels on multiple products, most likely on eggs, poultry or meat-based commodities. Uh, When these labels are put on a product, it gives the impression that the said product was raised or processed in a more quote-unquote humane and natural type of way. Um, Simply the word free and free range or cage-free gives the thoughts of freedom since it has that connotation to it, which leads the consumer of said product to feel like he or she is getting a higher quality commodity, while at the same time contributing to a more humane animal agricultural system. And the food industry knows this very well and uses it to their advantage. As an example, let's talk about chickens and egg-laying hens. So in the United Kingdom um, and other European countries, in order for these products to be approved and labeled as free-range by the government, the chickens or egg-laying hens need to have constant access to outdoor spaces for at least 51% of their lives. Quick side note, why did they choose 51%? Why not 50%? Like, does that 1% really make a huge difference? How How's that even calculated? <laughs> I'm genuinely confused by that. You know, I imagine there was some kind of a, argument between the government and these animal industry corporations between what percentage to go with, and they decided not to go with 50%, but 51%. <laughs> Sorry, this, this isn't even the point of where I was going, but I just found it really meaningless. But... Anyways, apparently the livestock needs access to the outdoors for at least 51% of their lives. I mean, in terms of morality, that's that's pretty messed up. Like, how are you going to be allowed to live such a good life, quote-unquote, but as soon as you no longer produce a commodity, you are sent off to be slaughtered? You know, the animal industry uh, thinks it's totally fine, you know, with this practice because you at least had lived not 50, but 51% of your life pretty humanely. So the animal's desire to keep on living doesn't matter anymore at this point. And so it's off to the slaughterhouse, my guy. (laughs) Anyways, honestly though, when it comes to regulations and implementation of these standards, it does seem like the UK does more in this sense when compared to the US. Although it's really not, it's not a big change, but they, they do tend to do a little more. The USDA, which stands for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, states that in order for poultry to be labeled free-range or cage-free, these birds must have continuous access to the outdoors. Now, this seems pretty straightforward, right? Wrong. (laughs) Because technically, a farmer can have a small door at the back of a huge warehouse that houses hundreds of chickens, and those chickens can be therefore technically considered free-range because they had that small door to go outside, although they most likely never used it because of how crowded it is, 
And this actually has been pretty common practice due to how very little oversight of these farms there actually is. Now, before I went vegan, I didn't really think much about these labels. They just made me feel better about my purchase. You know, I, I didn't even make the minimal attempt to look into what standards are being used for these labels to be approved. Now, obviously I do now, but back then I really thought, well, free range and cage free must mean less or no cruelty at all in raising these chickens. So therefore, these chickens and egg laying hens must have lived a pretty good life without torture or abuse. And obviously, they cost more for a reason, right? Although my wallet wasn't very happy about it, my conscience was cleared. And I actually felt morally good about my purchase. So, mission accomplished for those corporations. They are basically making you pay them to make you feel better about something that really isn't. <laughs> Talk about being finessed. Anyways, in the US, as they do in Europe, most of these chickens and egg-laying hens are supposed to have a wider range of free outdoors access to roam. But, unlike in Europe, the USDA doesn't specify how much more space is needed for these chickens, and there isn't even a third-party system to actually verify any improved living standards on these farms that claim to be free-range. There's a label in particular that is misleading, and I see this one very often, and it's the USDA organic label. I'm sure you guys have seen this before. It's it's a overall white label with what seems to be a green field of grass at the bottom. Although yes, farmers need to meet pretty strict standards in order to receive this particular label. Um, it pretty much just states that the feed they give to the animals is organic feed instead of antibiotics, hormones, or steroids. But this really has nothing to do with the welfare of the animals. The only thing it mentions when it comes to the welfare of the animals is that they must have some access to the outdoors. But the size, quality, and duration is not specified, and the handling of transport and the process of slaughter is not addressed as well. So it basically just means we feed these animals organic food, but don't ask about the welfare because abuse is a small price to pay when they are being fed organic food, right? This reality is the opposite of what one imagines when you see how these companies package their products. They paint, you know, joyful images of animals roaming in bright green grass fields, or with, you know, slogans like, happy cows make happy milk. You know, you, you really can't blame the public for not knowing the reality of, the, of these industries, especially with all these positive feel-good images and slogans. It's obvious the public will lean into the thought that these farmers must really be looking out for the welfare of the animals because otherwise they wouldn't be providing the best quality of product if they didn't do so, right? But in all reality, with the very little to no oversight of these companies, 9 times out of 10, these standards are not being met. I mean, really, you know, look at any footage that's been taken inside of these farms and tell me what you see 99% of the time. But just make sure there isn't any children around. Those images are very graphic and, give, and they can be very traumatic, even for adults. You know, what you'll see in those videos is far from the image that they try to sell you on their packaging. Now, the last thing I want to touch on before ending this episode is the dairy industry. This one is the most deceiving, to say the least. One, one, uh, one quote that I've seen on a milk brand that stuck out the most to me is that happy cows make happy milk. It's pretty obvious what impression they are trying to give from this quote. If I didn't know any better, I would assume that the farmers of this brand must really look after and care about the welfare of their cows, right? Because... Otherwise, if they didn't, the cows wouldn't therefore produce quote-unquote happy milk, which I guess is of higher quality somehow. I don't know. But if one was to stop and take a moment to think about this, 
it really doesn't make any sense at all. Because what are cows? Are they not mammals, just like humans? The females produce milk for the nourishment of their young. So these cows are forcibly impregnated every year to continue to produce milk. And when the baby cows are born, it's usually within the first 24 to 48 hours that they are taken away from their mothers. Because, you know, obviously we can't have these cows taking even one drop of our milk. After all, the mother cow is producing milk for the human population, right? The way it goes, the way it usually goes, if, if it's a female cow uh, being born, we, we uh, separate it from the mother, of course, and we raise it separately so we can later, you know, later on do the same thing to it. But if it's a male cow, nine times out of ten, we send it off to the slaughterhouse because that doesn't produce any milk. So therefore, we got to make some money off of it. So what we do is we sell it for more than older cattle meat. We call this young piece of meat veal. It's usually seen on quote-unquote gourmet dishes. Whatever. Whatever that means. <laughs> it's been proven that during this process of separation, the mother cow becomes very traumatized. Farmers have stated that these mother cows will call out for the young for days or even weeks sometimes. This obviously causes psychological damage to them, and cows are known to have instinctive desires to nurture their young as humans do. So it makes no sense at all when they say happy cows make happy milk because ain't nothing happy about separating these mama and baby cows from each other. There's literally no way to take the milk from these cows without causing trauma or pain. The public isn't shown this side of the industry and it's on purpose because if the public knew what really went on behind closed doors, it would definitely cause a decrease in demand of these products. And the dairy industry has already been on a decline for quite some time now. And it's going to continue to decline with the increase of public awareness. It's just a matter of how fast it's happening, really. All of this to say that these free-range, cage-free, cruelty-free, etc. labels make as much as 1% of a difference in what they are actually claiming to be. I'm not endorsing any animal products with what I'm about to say. But in all honesty, to those that aren't vegan you're really not getting a quote-unquote higher quality product or contributing to less cruelty. You're, you're paying for a product that has little to no difference in the way it was raised or produced. It really, it's really just a higher price tag to give the illusion of a higher quality. I could go on about the realities of the animal agricultural system, but I will save that for another episode. This was mostly just about the labels used to market something that really isn't what it claims to be. But anyways, I appreciate the time that you guys take to tune in. I'll see you all in the next episode. Much love. Peace, fam.